1: There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should.
0: Mac Cosmetics supports diversity, inclusion, and conscious beauty for all ages, all races, all genders. Mac Cosmetics Malta is proud to support these important conversations. Visit us at Tinye Street, Lima and let us help you express your true self. Welcome to the Sheword
1: Conversations that women rarely have but really should. And in this conversation, we're looking at women in the arts. Now, it's often suggested that the arts in Malta are not particularly taken seriously, especially in comparison to our European neighbors. Statistics from a 2021 Times of Malta survey suggests that the arts had taken a knock even before COVID came along and took a serious swipe at performers and artists. But a 2023 survey does look brighter and better. And I'm thrilled to be joined by three amazing women who have a passion for their place in the arts scene in Malta. Ira Losco, One guest who really needs no introduction whatsoever. You've headlined Malta's music scene since 2002's Eurovision, where the 21-year-old Ira took Malta to the second place in our nation's favorite competition. (laughs) Career woman, wife and mum, Ira remains Malta's most commanding artist. Ira, thank you so much for being with us today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Izzy Warrington an accomplished actress in the musical theatre dramatic stage productions and more recently on screen with Women of the St George Cross Island of course but you're also an outstanding painter and artist so thank you as well Izzy for being with us Pleasure. today thank you Tez Saliba another of Malta's outstanding actresses alongside a variety of genres Tez launched the limelight as a lead in a long-running television drama, Il Clicker, where you played a bit of a feisty young lady. (laughs) And since then, you've kept us entertained ever since. Now, you're also an outstanding singer and recently sang at my wedding. I did. (laughs) With rather a lot of emotion. Oh my, a lot of emotion. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, thank you so much for being on this show. I'm so excited to be sitting down with three powerhouse women from the art scene in Malta. Now, this is a discussion, and I'm fairly certain that I'm not going to have to say too much, judging by the conversation before we started this <laughs> show. But I really do want to start with one question that I don't think I've ever asked any of you. And I've interviewed each one of you. Uh, Ira, you were one of the first interviews I ever did in 2014. Really? Yes. Okay. Way back when, when I was new to this right? Uh, on TV, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, you remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was... You know, thinner then. Um, <laughs> you I dreamt, as a little girl, I dreamt of being an actress. It was all I wanted to do. I was also quite convinced that Harrison Ford he was going to fall in love with me. So, <laughs> as we can all assume, not all of our teen, our, our young dreams come true. But I want to ask each of you was this? what you wanted to do when you were a little girl. Let's start with you, Eric. Did you always, as your little girl, did you dream about being a singer-songwriter? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. I used to watch... At the time, Madonna was like ruling the world, and I was obsessed with her. I thought she had it all, you know? I thought she was like this... Well, she was never the greatest vocalist, but she was the performer, and I loved her songs. I think it's the songs that always were like an obsession for me rather than the artist or the performance. It was the songs, you know, the songs to translate and um, uh, like the power of a pop song, the power of staying in someone's mind, of conjuring memories, you know, of anything. And I was obsessed with wanting to be on stage, wanting to sing
1: and wanting to songwrite. So this is a dream come true because you are kind of Malta's Madonna. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yay! I wouldn't say No, 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 yes. no, no.
2: <laughs> If I had to compare myself to anyone I don't think it would be <laughs> Madonna But um, No, I mean, uh, yes I, I I, am living that dream Maybe not as I had envisaged it At this point in my life um, uh, But Yeah uh, well, we'll delve into that later. Yeah, because that's a whole nother right? question, right? Because uh-huh. that that's something we're going to touch on. But yes, on. yes. I, I think I, I managed to succeed at my dream, but I have other dreams, of course, as well, within my musical journey, which I would still like to
1: achieve. Okay, we're going to come to that as well. Definitely, <laughs> we're going to come to that as well. Um, Izzy, did you dream of being an actress when you were a girl? Did you dream of Harrison Ford? No, I didn't
0: dream about him. <laughs> nope. I watched his movies, but I didn't dream about him. No. But I I think I probably did, but this wasn't conscious. Um I, I was I was a very weird kid. <laughs> no, you're really surprised. I was weird, right? And I was very shy. So I kind of needed alter egos. Um, you know, so I used to basically spend my evenings before I'd have my bath, you know, in the evening before I uh, to go how, to How old are we talking about? The her? next day when I was a teenager. Okay, fair enough. You know, <laughs> I, I used to be like miming in front of the mirror in the bathroom. <laughs> Obviously, miming because I didn't want anybody to hear me, <laughs> I didn't want my siblings. So I would be kind of conjuring up all these different characters that just came out of my head, you know? So yeah, I'm weird. I completely, you know, like I'm weird, and I'm still weird, probably weirder than I was then. You know, so yeah. So for me, acting is—it's in—in a, a way, it's—it's it's a form of liberation because I get to be other characters. I get to to experience other characters for that short period of time. Okay, not in—not quite reality. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, I can kind of delve a little bit into their, into another character for mm-hmm. a while. And I love that. That's, that's something I really, really enjoy, you know. Mm.
1: So this is also for you a dream that came true?
0: In a way, yes, it is. Yes, okay. I would say so. Cool, cool. So
1: we've got two success stories so far. <laughs> uh,
3: Tez, did you dream about being an actress when you were a little girl? Um, I dreamt of being on stage, of... Well, I struggled a bit to fit in. So when I was at school, I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but I wasn't academically... Over there, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't...
1: Vogue. <laughs> <John. But, laughs>
2: I do have one of those comb bras.
1: I
3: thought, oh I'm God. joking. should have brought it. You going down
1: Vogue, I was doing the whole like a virgin, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, carry on.
3: Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't very academically bright I would say um but then Sorry. when we had school prize days and things like that I was always very interested and very eager and it was a place that finally instead of being you know on mm. the book and I was like oh yeah, I'm actually really good at this and mm-hmm. uh, teachers would you know encourage me and this and that and um uh, my mom struck a deal with me she told me if you pass <laughs> your maths mock your, your mid-yearly I will send you to theater school so I got a 50 and she sent me and the rest i suppose as they say is history but um then i was like okay i just need to pass O levels a levels get to university do theater studies and do something to do with theater i don't know how i managed because i was honestly i mean even i i'm a teacher now by profession and i teach drama and this is something that i i often tell my boys that um Grades aren't the most important mm. thing and drive and passion really mm. do play a massive factor. And then by the time I got to university, there was a program on television called Lisfida that was hosted by Claudette Patch and I had entered and the prize was a scholarship to the UK. So I had taken it really seriously and I had done really, really well. And my career, so to speak, gained a bit of momentum. Then earlier you mentioned Klikka, um, and then kind of things happened from there. Um, Because I had done, I went to theatre school, I did the basis of all three. I had done about six years of just dance, and then when I moved to theatre school, I did singing, acting, and dancing, and that is how my blend of musical theatre kind of happened, and how you mentioned earlier, a variety of genres because I'm not limited to musical theatre. Recently I just did a play and I sing at weddings and um, thankfully the experience and that I've gained and I hope to gain further allows me to uh, adjust my skills and use them wherever I need to. Like we did radio together, these are all skills that you use in, in, in a, variety, a variety of genres that are creative so answer to that is yes your dream came true yes the dream of, of fitting in somewhere i would say and and it was always the arts and i wanted to do something as a full-time profession that had to do with the arts and i feel i thankfully managed so it's just me at the table that didn't get their dream to come true <laughs> Why, was no harrison ford, ford. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and no actress oh well <laughs> So I'm going to come around the table again, because you just mentioned there, Mm area, you mentioned there's things that you still want to do in your career. Now, Mm -hmm. before we come to that, Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, and I'm going to ask each of you, what is the highlight? What was the biggest moment of your career to date? That moment where you were like, oh my word, this was my dream. And now I'm here. Um
2: I think the first time it happened was when I was headlining, not headlining, no, sorry, when I was um in the first edition of uh, Isle of MTV in Malta. Not because it was MTV or anything like that. It was only because it was on at the granaries, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was very, very nervous about it. And every time they said, and very soon there's going to be Raloska. It was the first time. It was one of them, by the way.
3: Screaming. (laughs) Screaming! (laughs) It was
2: the first time I had heard people have that reaction, you know? I mean, okay, when I came back from Eurovision, it was like quite a, a whirlwind of emotions, but I kind of felt like, Eurovision was a big thing for Malta, but it wasn't a big thing for me. I never really was obsessed with the with the contest. I liked it when I was a child, but it was like, hey, I'm going to my popcorn, you know, <laughs> and like, let's just sit around and watch it. And yeah, Malta, you know, <laughs> and watching us like go up the scoreboard. But that was like, I was like, ah, lalo, this is really nice. You know, like I, I came back and people are there supporting me, but... But the time at the Granaries, it was like, okay, people know my songs, the songs I've co-written with with Howard at the time, and they're actually excited, like, to, to watch someone from Malta.
1: Now, you just mentioned that as well. What is that moment like? Because I just saw Passenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting George Ezra mm-hmm. over in Prague mm-hmm. and Passenger was one guy with one guitar mm-hmm. and there must have been, I don't know, 15, 20,000 people there singing his song mm-hmm. and he just stopped and he came back to the mic, He let he let the audience sing mm-hmm. he came back to the mic and he could hear it in his voice he was choked up mm-hmm. and he must have done this hundreds of times mm-hmm. but what's that moment like when someone's singing your song yeah, I know it's amazing because you you feel that
2: you've touched so many people, you know, that they can relate that whatever you're singing or what you're writing about people have experienced,
1: you know. We're going to come back to the reality of the next day. Oh, do yeah. you have that in a minute? We're going to come back to that in just okay. a second. <laughs> Cuz I want to ask you Izzy, you've just been uh, in misery looking spectacularly <laughs> awful and yeah. did a great job. And, and prior to this conversation... great
0: pleasure in saying I know, that. I I know. It, <laughs> I take it as a compliment. You look
1: <laughs> bloody awful, woman. You look terrible. In the best way possible. <laughs> exactly. But you mentioned that that was one thing you'd always want to do. But if you had to define the highlight of your career to date, what would that be?
0: That's a really difficult question. I don't make it easy. Because... I don't know if I've had one major highlight that I can pinpoint and say. Hmm. Maybe after this interview, it might actually, you know, you, you mean come this into is my highlight? head, sort oh, okay. of thing, <laughs> have a light bulb moment. <laughs> um, because I don't know, it's it's hard to say. The thing <clears throat> is with theatre, it's very different. Because, um, for example, Ira's sort of um, audience is much more widespread than a theatre audience, Mm. you know. You reach Mm -hmm. many more people than Mm -hmm, I do. mm -hmm. Mine is quite niche, so to speak. You don't have, I mean, a very tiny, tiny minuscule percentage of the population will come to watch a production that I'm doing because we don't have, you know, theatre is not widely frequented in Malta. Mm -hmm. Even less um, English Speaking, you know, mm-hmm. English theatre is not very widely um, followed here. So, um, in terms of popularity, I don't think you know that there, there was one thing where I can say, "Oh my god, this was the highlight for me." I think I I, I feel extremely lucky to have portrayed many, many, many different characters. And diverse characters, from you know a very sophisticated or sassy sort of character to you know Annie Wilkes, which I just played now, who was a, a psycho, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't really pinpoint one particular highlight. I have fantastic memories of of most of the shows that I've been in. Um, and I loved each and every one, but I can't say I loved one more than I loved the other. That's that is. If it, it. does
1: come back to you, if you have that light bulb moment <laughs> in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, don't contact me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but if it comes back to you, let me know. So, apart from singing at my wedding, what, <laughs> what was the highlight? That's that? true. Just move on. Next question. <laughs>
3: Um, Anybody who doesn't know,
1: you you actually couldn't finish the song. No, no. You broke down. But
3: I, obviously, we are very good friends. And I know you guys starting out and to see you guys getting married was just beautiful. Uh, it anyway, was really beautiful. apart from that being the highlight of your career, what would you um, say? Did
1: you, are you like Izzy? Did you, have you just enjoyed all of it? Or are you like, like, era where you had one moment that you're like, Geez. I Oh, uh,
3: yeah. I... I don't, I don't feel I've done enough yet and I would eventually like to delve, I, I don't know what you're going to ask, but I do yeah. like to comment about this, about the theatre scene and opportunities in Malta. But before that. that, because because there are many things that are produced here that I say largely love to be in on that and I can't because I wouldn't have been selected through the audition process or they don't open auditions and so I can't audition to try. I never received the call, you know, mm. and I didn't get cast I didn't get handpicked. So unfortunately, there are many of those. But let's leave that aside. So far, I think the highlight, because of a little someone over here. So <laughs> I, I grew up, as most, most kids, I suppose, in Christmas time, he goes to Panto. yes, And I did not grow up um, enjoying watching The Damsel in Distress. <laughs> or so ever, so I never looked at the principal girl and say, "Oh my God, I want to be her." Uh-huh. I grew up looking at the villain, especially if she was female, uh-huh. and saying, "I want to it's be she, her." She was the best. And I grew up watching Izzy <laughs> I as so the villain, the and you can't not. So you can't not. She was she exceptional. It was amazing. So I grew up watching Izzy whenever there was a female. So most of the time, sadly, it's a male villain. Sadly. But sometimes it was female and Izzy dominated that scene. Totally. So I grew up obsessing over the female villain. I'm getting this current this this recurring theme
1: from Izzy. Oh, this weirdo. <laughs> That's me, babe. That's me. I'm now getting
3: nervous. <laughs> anyway, um and then and then Maleficent, the movie came out, so there was a little bit of hype around her as well. And um, a couple of years ago, they produced Sleeping Beauty, and they opened auditions for the female visit, vi- visit. They opened auditions for the female villain. Izzy was nowhere to be seen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you just moved in. And I auditioned, and I was like,
3: I swear am <laughs> and I landed the role and I loved it I loved I loved um, flying on the Manuel theatre stage I loved my song I loved the feeling of being the villain because I grew up really wanting to be the villain and not only was I a random villain I was Maleficent you know so it was really fun to play and okay. I played her for 22 nights you know not just a night because a panto is a long run yes so that was great. So we're going to stick with you (laughs) and come back around the table before we delve
1: into the art scene and what it's like to be a woman and what it's like to be a mum and what it's like to be all of this. Before we do that, I'm sticking with the themes of you and your ambitions and your goals and your dreams. So you've just said there about the opportunities. Let's put that aside for one second. If you could have the dream opportunity...
3: What would it be? What would it be? There are several. I mean, currently I'm working on on Lion King and I look at uh, with my school uh, boys and I look at Rafiki and I say if I could play any role, it would be Rafiki, for example. And, uh, there's always, whenever I'm watching, I don't know if it happens to you guys, but whenever I'm, watch- whenever I'm watching something, I always go, who would I be? Who would I be? If it's something in Malta, it's 99% is role. <laughs> I'm obsessed <laughs> with her in case didn't <laughs> oh, no, no. It's not in that sense. It's in a in a very uh, much of an admiration kind of sense. Um I would say it's that, but as I said, I mean it is what it is. Sometimes I'm I in the audience and I'm watching something and I say, I would have killed to be in this and you you find out that auditions were never opened or even if they were I mean recently I just auditioned for five productions and I didn't land a single one and every time and now I know the artwork is about to come out and it's ugh oh, it's like a, in Maltese we have an expression because I would I, I would love to be part of it sometimes I'm in the audience and I'm like I could have done that without sounding boastful ta, don't get me wrong but I would say I could do that If I could have been given a chance to audition or if things were done justly, because there Mm. is a sense of nepotism that happens here, but not even possibly nepotism, just things that aren't done fairly, I say, but I mean, it is what it is. So You mentioned earlier, you feel very lucky and very privileged. When when I land a role, I say, thank God, because we are um, a country that has so much talent So much talent. Honestly, right now, opportunities, because there's a lot being produced, is great. But it still remains very niche. You'd think with all that's being produced, something I've got to land. And even so, I auditioned for five and didn't get it, and didn't get one. As, As much as there is being produced, there is still a bit of a a tight um, rope on... You're, you're answering all my questions Sorry. in one <laughs> sentence. Sorry. So I feel, I don't know if it's the same for you guys. I, obviously, they are a, a little bit, a lot more established than I am. So it's. I think it's very different coming, I'm maybe uh, 10 years possibly 15 years younger than you Or like guys. 20 years, yes. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> but, 25. But, but it's true, and this, is, this, this really breaks my heart because sometimes I'm <clears throat> asked, when are we going to see you again? What's next? And I'm like, you have no idea how much I, I wish I could tell you this is next. And I would have received four emails telling me I didn't get the role I wanted. Well, we're going to come back to that In a second, because you've just opened a massive... I don't think people talk about failure as much as we should. Massive can of worms. We'll leave the
1: worms (laughs) right where they are just for a second while we finish this. Coming back to you, Izzy. You've mentioned that you couldn't pinpoint one particular role that was your highlight of your career. But if there was a role, if there was an achievement that you could pinpoint as the most desired role or production that you could be in what would it be or even just the highlight of your potential career
0: I think the the character I just played was one of them it's I mean I I have been wanting to play uh you know in a psychological thriller for years I've wanted that and I I I feel really grateful that that's you know I was given the the role of Vanny Wilkes because it's um it's It's a character I've wanted to explore. I I have to say it. I would have loved to do, uh, and and it's something I still would love to do, uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm. You've mentioned this every time I've spoken to you. oh my God, that is a dream. That is a dream role. That's the dream. I don't know if there is a, a stage play for it, I'm not sure, but I think it could easily be adapted to stage. Because that what would a be, script. oh my god that That's would be your job,
1: you're going to have to a Adapt the script But that's your dream, perfect Okay, <laughs> that was slightly easier um, Era Now, uh, from my point of view I'm looking at you as a Singer, songwriter and saying, well Era's you know, the biggest name in Malta You've been on the Granaries, you've been to Eurovision You've done all these things And you are still a very Very relevant artist As a Older woman, and we're going to come to that in a second. I mean, older, I'm not... Uh, d- no, don't. no,
2: no, no, I get it. <sighs> yeah, you know when mature. you say something and you <laughs> gre- regret saying it? No, no, of course, no, I mean...
1: But what have you not done yet that you really want to do? Forget age. Age and gender irrelevant for a second. What is it that you really want to do?
2: I would love to delve into a musical one time. Oh, my Because word. Yeah, because um, what I think... There was a misconception with some people that I couldn't sing certain things and whenever I get the opportunity to do that and to prove my point, that's that would be another highlight in my career. For example, I got the chance to sing this song which Lara Fabian sang normally and she's like this amazing vocalist and I always thought to myself, I really have to do that song. It was called Cuore Malato in Italian. And uh, and when I hit those notes, because you know, people think that being a pop singer is like, you don't have to have a good voice. I don't know, some people think that, I think. Um, and when I did it, you know, people were surprised. And then like, you have to remind them again. And when I did the song with Bocelli, I can't remember what it was, what the song was called, but it was a very challenging song for a pop singer to do. And doing it kind of made me think, okay, if I want to do something a bit more challenging, I can, you know. So I'd like to do a musical one time, but not a cheesy one, like we were mentioning
1: <laughs> before. <laughs> okay, so give me one musical that you might want to do.
2: I think Evita would be something I'd like to do. Because I like the songs a lot. They're, they're I think, the most pop Andrew Lloyd Webber has ever written in my opinion. The most kind of current-sounding... and the who, who played Evita in yes, as well? Yes, Who played a Vita in Madonna, low? but that's I not okay. why. I
0: <laughs> there
3: you go. I <laughs> tell you if, you, if you did
0: have to start, it would be a sellout. Of course it would be. <laughs> oh, a it sellout. would be Absolutely. amazing. No, I would
2: like to do that and then we do a bit of acting, but it's not what I aspire to do. I, I would just like to experience it, but I'm not... I would like to learn first. So I would love to go to all the workshops and meet with actresses and actors. And
1: So this is not, you have not arrived at the, at no, the destination. No, but it's just something You're I would like to way. do
2: that once. You know, I don't want to like... Become a musical theater performer. No, no, no. I would just like to experience it. I'd like to have like different experiences. I'd like to write more as well. But right now I'm in my like frustration mode of not being able to write because I've got a
1: two-year-old at home. And a six-year-old. You have just beautifully segued into my next <laughs> segue. You see what I did there? <laughs> so Segwayed. I didn't fall off
2: it and like yeah, no, you're onto okay. my head.
1: Okay. <laughs> into my next question. Because whether you're a singer-songwriter or a performing <coughs> artist or an actress, getting on stage is the metaphorical final act of all of the preparation that goes into what you do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And bearing in mind that there's very few full-time artists in Malta, you just mentioned this as well, how on earth do you manage, and I'm going to stay with you, how do you manage performing alongside everything else that you have to fit into your life? You're a mum, mm. uh, you work, you mm-hmm. have a family, uh, and, of course, there is the, the essence of just living. There's the the, the <laughs> regular things of, you know, <laughs> Cleaning the bathroom and that sort of stuff as well. Do you, know, you know, the, the less glamorous. Of yes. So, how on earth, you just mentioned this, how do you fit all of that? Like you just said, you're frustrated because you want mm. to, to songwrite, but you've got kids. That's how the one thing I more? don't
2: fit, for example, because that takes time, no? You have to sit with yourself, you have to think, you have to have the time to think, you have to have the fire, the the, uh, grinta, the Yeah. I mean, I have the that, the, the drive and the passion, but then the muse, you know, when that comes and like you're like, Okay, I'm helping with Harry's homework, but I have to, like, record this. And then they're asking you a question. It. Whenever I, like, I- I'm commissioned to do something, which is not too often, but when I am, I'm, like, recording my voice notes and trying to sort out my logic, whatever. And the children are like, ma ma, you know, or, like, screaming in the background. And then I, like, edit bits of vocal, and there's, like, a scream or, like, a fart in the background.
3: <laughs> Reality. <you know? laughs>
2: And, I mean, you listen and, to your songs and in go a new light. I how it's like, <laughs> Emma, like, what's this? What is it? Ah, because Harry was screaming. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you you know what? I think you just you just learn to do it. And you think to yourself, when I lived at my parents' house and my mom used to go, I've packed some apples and cheese for you. And you have like this, you know, gileble, whatever. And, and you're like, okay, thanks. You take it for granted. But it's so amazing that that happened and now you have to do it yourself <laughs> and you have like all these mental mental notes, you know, what you need to take with you to performances, whether you're going to remember your your lines, you know, your lyrics. Using them yourself
3: in your case. Exactly. <laughs> and I
1: still have the monitor in front of me and still I get it wrong. <laughs> <Astra>. <laughs> but you have to, obviously you have to make sacrifices. You are a mum. Uh-huh what are the sacrifices that you you have to make and what's the reality of this you just mentioned about you know pat lunches and stuff like that but what's the no, sacrifices I mean, I mean right. is it this is it is it that you have to make sacrifices with family friends or or is it that your ambition in your career makes a sacrifice okay look right
2: now socially I feel I'm making a sacrifice I don't meet my friends as often I don't I don't go to everything I'm invited to, you know, before I used to go to the opening of an envelope. Now I don't go to anything else really, (laughs) you know. Um, But um, right now, yes, my writing is being sacrificed. My creative um, drive is being sacrificed. You know, during COVID, I felt safe. I felt like, "Mm, okay, that's good. I'm pregnant, you know, no one's going to kind of do anything while I'm pregnant very selfishly you know Um, but I was also very frustrated that I couldn't do anything because I had lots of work planned and I was going to do it pregnant to the lead up um, of my giving birth to Gigi however then when things started picking up and I realized that I'm not writing as often it started getting to me you know I'll see like radio charts coming out you know and and not seeing me there kind of gets to me because I know that I could write good stuff I know I have it in me I know I have everything in my mind just having the time to sit down and vocalize it
1: (laughs) you've you've just said so many things in that that last kind of paragraph and it's making me think because you also mentioned your kids and being pregnant Mm -hmm. and it's making me think to a show that we had before Mm -hmm. of uh, women and and, uh, parenting and about guilt. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned kind of the guilt of being a parent, but also the guilt of, not guilt, but the the frustration of not being in the charts because you know that you can. Yes, and
2: sometimes thinking like you land a job or something and you doubt yourself because you think, but do I deserve this because have I given enough recently you know like never mind the 20 or so years you've been at it but you know because it's a it's a i find that it's a job music and the arts it's a job where you need to stay relevant you need to kind of always yes. give you need to be creative you need to get up every morning and say i have come up with something today
3: and social media plays a part you it, mentioned this i think the that salary. is oh, the yeah. thing
0: you know because i think it's it, i feel now i i am not in fear of that so much. There was a time when Mm -hmm. I was. I think now it's okay to take time off and say, you know what, I'm just not going to be on social media at the moment, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I'm going to survive. And I know, and I think because obviously this is a very vulnerable uh, industry, Mm -hmm. an industry where you are very very vulnerable Mm you are putting yourself out there. You are constantly in the limelight. There is a huge chance of failure, and when you fail, you've got the people who are sad for you and the people who are really happy about it for because sure. they think this is true. <laughs> this is- oh, <laughs> And they become the keyboard heroes. You know, but but you know now I I relax about it and mm-hmm. I think you know. There is a time where I think you need to take that break uh, so that you can have the time, number one, to live. Mm -hmm. And in your case, to enjoy your kids. Uh You are always going to be relevant, Mm. Ira, because you are a unique product. Mm. Like every other Mm. person, Mm. every other artist is unique. Nobody can replicate you. They might obviously new people are always going to come onto the scene. Of course, of but course.
3: you would bring but something. But you else are to the always team. going
0: to bring something new. Mm-hmm. I feel in in my case, for example, because some people tell me because now I've reached a point where I say I don't want to be constantly going from one production to another like I used to be. Mm-hmm. I would rather do one production per year really enjoy that, you know, be selective about what I accept Mm -hmm. and come out stronger for it because there are other avenues of my creativity that I want to explore. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid because people tell me, but Aren't you afraid that people will forget you? I really don't care, to be honest.
1: <laughs> Can I just because, say Yeah. Is he? no one's going to forget you? But <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Right? laughs> maybe maybe you say you speak about it. You say it that way because you've done so much.
0: Yes, because you've
3: established I, yourself yes. so much.
0: And and this is one of the wonderful things that happens with age, to be honest, because when I was younger, I would be like, no, I'd better take this on, you know, because it's, it's good that I'm seen sort mm-hmm. of thing. In that phase,
3: mm. you know. Mm. I'm but, still
0: there. Uh-huh, but, but um, I think if I had to go back and tell my younger self something, I would say <clears> throat> you throat> are always going to be relevant because believe in your talent, believe in your strength, because you have something that nobody else can provide. Mm-hmm. And it will be. Noted. It it will be so. Don't be too concerned about that. Just keep keep doing it. Keep doing what you love. Keep enjoying what you love. But also don't forget your own life. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. I no, mean, you've so got important. kids. I, so I never had kids, and you have kids, and mm-hmm. that is something that's you're never going to get back, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing. So enjoy it, you know, embrace it. Mm-hmm. Because when you, when that phase of your life passes, you're going to bring something beautiful, something new, something beautiful, something richer. You know, mm-hmm. some people ask me, for example, they say, you know, kind of, aren't you worried sort of now that you're growing older, that maybe you're going to become kind of irrelevant. My my sort of answer to that is, you. <laughs> because I think, actually, I'm, I bring a lot more uh-huh, than when sure. I was younger. I, I think as an artist, I'm much more aware of my strengths mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And I, thankfully, we're, we're definitely. Yes. We,
1: I mean, this is one of the areas that I want to explore in mm-hmm. a minute. But I want to come to tears in just yes, a second absolutely. before we move on to that. Because we are, none of us in our 20s. Nope. No. no. Or... Only one of us is in our 30s. So we're going to talk about that maturing because you've just kind of jumped ahead of the gun and (laughs) read my questions. But before you come to Tez, in actual fact, to answer that question about relevance, I just want to go back to you. Ira, when when you're looking at the charts, when you're looking at the Maltese Mm -hmm. charts and you don't see your song in the charts, do you ever get that twang of... You know, do I, am I still relevant? Am I still relevant because I'm not in the charts, or does it is that not bothering you?
2: No, no, that doesn't
1: that doesn't bother
2: me. What well, bothers me is not being as active as I was before. However, I do agree with Izzy that I'd rather take on one thing a year, or maybe two or three <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that are good, <laughs> yes, ah. and that I enjoy doing and doing them really well. You know, like having, for example, a Gate Money concert, my own concert, having a big show, like, I don't know, being asked to do a big show or being involved in a big show and doing a TV show, for example, a big TV show. And and I'm happy with that. Before, in my 20s, I was doing a lot of these things, like accepting everything, doing this, doing that, and being out of the house, like literally from the crack of dawn till, you know, nighttime and not having any time for myself burning the candle at both ends but so i feel like i've done a lot and i've accomplished a lot and i'm happy with that and i feel like i need to spend time with my kids but then i kind of go a bit in guilt mode when i when i'm not giving as much i feel to my creative to my music self. to my creative self but i'm frustrated as well because i want to give it and and i can't right now because i don't have like that one room where I'm unreachable because mm. even when I'm taking a shit,
3: <laughs> my <laughs> kids are like, Mommy! <laughs>
2: I'm telling you, (laughs) everywhere. Ah, I say that Oh,
1: this is
3: podcast 7. Did I just say that?
2: You
0: just (laughs) said that,
3: sweetness. (laughs) There they are. Hello. And then (laughs) you take on everything,
1: Sorry. Uh, Well, well, I'm going to leave Erin her (laughs) shit over there for a second and, and come over to you because, Tez, this is a conversation that we had and this is a conversation that led to us... For sitting down around this table and talking about this in the first place. Because you, we've listed your career. We talked about your career. Your career has been fantastic. You've been relevant, but it's taken a lot of work. I
3: think so. <laughs> now
1: you are a mum, and you're a mum of a coming up to a one-year-old. I how and, that happened is beyond me, but yes. And you yourself mentioned <clears throat> that you have been now to five auditions. And you had said in the past that you believed that being a mum and being in the the role that you are at the moment was could be prohibitive to you getting roles in the theatre, which is what you really love. So I have kind of kind of picking up on on all of the points that Ira and you have just said. How do you still feel relevant? How do you remain relevant? Do you feel guilt? Do you worry um. about that? And how do you manage? You've just had a production at the the, the, the Manor Theatre. How do you manage being a teacher, being a, a wife, being a mum and being in a theatre? Because by the time you stand on the theatre, that is what what 20% or 15% of all of the work that's gone into that production.
3: Um I think the most obvious thing I'm going to mention and you're going to hear this and go I'm of but it is very very vital you need to have a supportive team uh, yep. you need to have a good support system if my husband weren't super okay with this and super alright with you know taking over Ben and the house stuff and all of this so that I can go and be part B of myself mm-hmm. <laughs> um I wouldn't be able to do any of it so I think that's very vital prior to settling down with Dave. I was in previous relationships, possibly you might have been as well, where my partners were not okay with this crazy life because you do. In my case, I I always worked full time and I did theater after Mm. my job. So you do have two, technically, when you're in production, you have two full time jobs Mm. and not everybody is okay with that. Like, like let's put aside children for for the minute. I, I had issues like this when I was still in I wasn't even married in relationships that were not okay with mm. you being so non-existent mm-hmm. with you kissing another guy on stage you know doing taking on certain roles the hours I mean filming away from theater mm. filming a drama takes forever yeah, it takes ages, huh? very long so there is that that is number one number two i you and I had this conversation. You wanted me on board the parenting episode. And I said, let's fit in an arts episode. And then I'll come on board parenting. Blackmailed. Black. I was blackmailed. Um, uh. Why? Why? Because I, so I had, a, I, I had a C-section and, um, what, what what is the relevance to this? There was a an, an audition that I went to in week six. And you are meant to, after C-section, you know, have mm. six weeks of oh. kind. I went on week six to, Make sure my face is there and to be like, I had a baby, but I'm not going anywhere. Here I am. I didn't want to be Tez, mother, mm-hmm. educator, singer, <clears throat> actress. I'm going to repeat that. I didn't want to be mo- Te- Tez, mother, singer, actress, teacher, whatever. I wanted to be Tez. And being a mom is just something else I do. Don't get me wrong. I don't mm-hmm. want so- anyone listening to this going, <gasps> I am first and foremost Ben's mom, but I'm also Dave's wife. I'm also your friend. I'm also an actress and a singer. I, I, you know, this is just just added to my identity, and I, it is a massive frustration when I want to push against the grain of, ah, oh, Diksha she had a baby. No, she's not going to be available, or she's not going to want to do anything. When you don't get the opportunity to prove it. Mm. It's quite frustrating when you're like, I really want to be like, no man, I want to be here, pick me, let me show you. And then you don't get (laughs) selected. You know, it's very frustrating. And I don't think we talk about failure as much as we should be talking about failure. I mean, I literally turn my camera to Instagram and be like, another audition I felt went really well and unfortunately I didn't get the role. But there is an element of, do you really want to admit that out loud that you wanted a project and you didn't get it? I don't care, I would. Mm. Which leads me on to social media as well. You post about this quite a lot, Eve. Mm. That I'm sure you feel a difference mm. from when you started out to now about mm-hmm. how much you need to have a presence on social media. Unfortunately, yeah. which is why I decided to to up it a little bit a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, we are not not locally, but it's happening locally. But abroad. When you're applying for something, a role, a school, they actually ask you for the number of followers that you have. Mm -hmm. Why? Because let's say I am up for the role of of Jasmine and Aladdin Mm. and I am talented as well as another person next to me. And we have the look and we have the vocal range and we have the acting ability, but we're, we're both fantastic. Okay. I have 2K followers and this person has 20. Mm. They would go for the 20. Mm. Why? Because if she turns the camera and she's at rehearsal going, Oh my God, on set of Aladdin. It's going to sell bombs it's gonna on stage. going to sell tickets. Yeah. So unfortunately, we are at production phase. It hasn't entered 100% locally because thankfully talent kind of prevails a little bit mm. better. But we are in a place where do people know her. Is that going to sell... How can I market yeah. that? Mm, that's we so are real. that that's has so entered unfair, the production real. meeting mm. when they are casting of. She's good, but she will sell me more tickets. Mm. How long is my run? Mm. I need to sell more. You know, unfortunately, we are getting there, which is why you have to be a little bit more relevant onto social media. Because I said, okay, if I have the talent and I also have the numbers, then they have to select me. <laughs> I'm <Kind> not <laughs> <of> thing. <laughs> you know, you try and you you want to play that game. Okay, let's play it. So I, um, I try and be as honest as I can on social media. I know I have young performers on there who are watching and listening. And sometimes they would go to an audition and it doesn't go as well as they hoped. They are nervous because nobody likes auditions. That's called a spade. The spade, oh, nobody God. goes, Woo-hoo, I have an audition, oh, um, you know, <laughs> and it's sometimes, I mean, you don't get the role that you want. And I think it's very important for young performers to get used to the fact that, yes, unfortunately, there mm-hmm. is this, as much as theater gives you and that sense of satisfaction when you're there with the lights on you and how amazing it is, theater can also take a lot away. You start doubting your abilities. You you obviously sacrifice a lot of your social life. I mean, Panto, you can forget your Christmas time. You know, there's a lot that goes into theater. It's not just the high and glory of it all. It's beautiful. Yes, I can't say it's not, but it, there is a there is a lot of other things <clears> that go into <throat> it as well. Mm. We'll stop. <laughs> I can go on forever about it. Oh, really?
0: I don't believe you.
1: You said a whole bunch of things that I want to come into, but I do want to just touch on this social media thing because when you were talking <clears throat> about social media, both Ira and Izzy were away. mm away. <laughs> really, really coming back with a big mm-mm. So before we go any further. You talked about failure on social media and social media algorithms, which only reflect human algorithms. Let's face it. Algorithms are not anything new. Algorithms have been around for millennia. Beautiful women get more attention than us women who are maybe not catwalk models. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, that is the truth and that's how algorithms on social media work and failure doesn't necessarily get the retention that success does. But you've just mentioned that it's very important. So we're going to sidetrack the conversation just for a second, then come back to the next question in a moment. But you mentioned about failure and you you pointed at Era about when we we're talking about social media and you talked about the relevance of being realistic. So, From a personal point of view, not relating necessarily to the arts, but you all have presence on socials. Ira, you have a huge presence on socials. More on Facebook than Insta. Mm -hmm. How important is it for you to be honest, relevant and to fail? I
2: feel it's very important for me to be honest, honest with my followers, honest about why I haven't posted stories about every single little thing that I've done throughout the day on my Instagram, for example. Um, And I am honest, I'll say I just didn't have time, or I'm not feeling in the right frame of mind right now, or I have nothing to say, so why the hell should I say, you know, like the sky is blue? (laughs) And I mean, and stop, like to stop kind of faking that, you know, my life is so amazing and all this shit.
1: But
3: bearing in mind that that whole thing, yeah. there we go again. not her, but 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 like genuinely because it's so it's so real, and and there's no bullshit. You know, she's very like. I'm sorry, my priorities were elsewhere right now. Exactly. And that is exactly. I, I exactly. to be I'm back. I'm originally. probably on the loo and here I am. <laughs> posting exactly. a photo Posted. I took three yeah. days ago. Because that's Miss Gina, the only chance she has. Yeah, But I, have, I mean, as a mom and a, a performer as well, I read her posts and I'm like, oh, her, her chronicles or something else. She's <laughs> quite interesting, I must admit. Ha! Right back
1: at you, sister.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm to ask you,
1: Izzy, because <clears throat> because putting it in the context of not just your career, but also how can I put this? As a woman like myself, who have been around before the era of so- social media, do you not ever feel completely and utterly lethargic or just very sceptical about social media, but you know that you have to engage.
0: I don't really feel that pressure anymore. Uh, I I think now I just think, you know what, if there's a week where I just want to have a private, normal life and not post how wonderful everything is and I'm really having a great time and I'm so special and all this crap. (laughs) I'm just going to say, you know, I mean... I don't, I really don't have a huge following, you know. So, I, I, and I'm more popular on Facebook because it tends to be more pop- popular in Malta, you know. I'm, I'm much more um, sort of relevant there, so to speak. I can't say I'm really worried about it. I think I have enough for me. Uh, and that's really what I'm concerned about. I don't have aspirations to become some big fancy superstar, I'm happy with my life as it is. I don't need to have world fame, you know, and, and show, I don't know, you know, the colour of my crap this morning. <laughs> I'm
2: loving this episode, I'm loving it. Uh, can you imagine Beyonce doing that?
0: Uh, oh, I just
1: took a shit. <laughs>
0: I'm posting. As you it. know, I mean, it's a bit ridiculous sometimes. You know, you know, like for example, after you, after I do a show, I'm absolutely exhausted, <laughs> exhausted, and I have just taken a selfie in the morning. You know, as I'm about to have coffee and think, you know, this is me in all my <laughs> shitty glory. You know, this is reality. People out there, <laughs> you know, life isn't this big you know filtered everybody's always looking wonderful they go to bed with makeup and come you know and wake up in the morning with makeup I look like shit basically after a production you know hello this is me if you
3: don't like it just you know keep, in fairness keep in misery you
1: didn't look that great either <laughs>
3: You Have to be specific. Not sure.
0: <laughs> you did look a bit crap. Now, I look crap after all the shows, basically, because I'm exhausted after the shows. So- we're gonna we're gonna move on
1: from this whole poo. Co- somehow this just oh, we're, we're, we're stuck <laughs> the here. here.
0: Unex- started the poo. Started.
1: <laughs> An unexpected turn for the she no. word. And I'm gonna come to something that you said. You said a minute ago about being older and still being relevant. And I want to come back to this because each of us are in different life situations right now. And we've sort of already touched on this, but, but you said, Tess, your challenge at the moment is that you're a new mum. You want to stay relevant. <coughs> Izzy, you know, we're, we're not spring chickens. I'm not insinuating anything. Um, and Ira, you're in your forties now, mm-hmm. which, which if you believe media is when, as a pop star, you would be kind of not relevant anymore. Although Mm -hmm. having said that, Madonna is your idol and she's still (laughs) going. So you guys at this table define the norm as women in the arts. You define the norm as women in any genre because you are still relevant and you're still feeling relevant. Is that the truth? Do you ever feel challenged about the fact that, you know, Age is going to happen. Age is is not something any of us can bypass. Do you feel that you have to work to still be relevant? Do you feel that women should just forget about age and just get the heck on with it because we're all living a little bit older? Coming to you, Izzy, first, because you're the oldest of you three. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry. First of all, let me just say, I really don't have a problem. I'm really happy to be the age I am. I don't want to be 20. You know, I'm happy with being 54, basically.
3: But if you look like you do, I don't believe yeah. you. We're all going to say, oh! you look damn fine.
0: Oh! And I just say, Izzy,
3: <laughs> except <laughs> for... From... Liars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not true. at all. I'm not at not. Anyway, I have no
0: problem with my age. I mean, I, I think I'm a bit of a rebel in that sense <laughs> because... I don't care, you know, I know I have wrinkles. I know I don't look like I, I was when I was 20, and I don't have a problem with it, because I'm 54, and I think I look like a person who's 54. Oh. And it you, doesn't you bother me. You don't, I mean, first of all,
1: well, you don't look like a lady who's 54. Well, it 54, doesn't matter. Except in misery. Uh, in misery, you, uh,
0: just,
1: <laughs> you did look awful. <laughs> uh, and that's okay, because you are meant to. But, but in the context of... <laughs> Also, in the context of your passion, of your love in theatre, do you think that there's going to be a point that you come to where you're going to question your relevance in the theatre? Because, and and are there still parts that are available? How do you, how do you hone those parts? How do you create those parts I think, that are relevant for you?
3: Well, I
0: think, to be honest, um, as I grew older, I got much more interesting roles, much more interesting roles. Um, You know, playing somebody like Shirley Valentine when I was in my 40s, that was a really beautiful role to play because it was such a relevant role for somebody, you know, I think a lot of both women and men uh, had those feelings, played, played that role, could identify rather with that role. Um, I've played really interesting characters the older I grew because I wasn't typecast anymore as, you know, the sassy, you know, little blonde bimbo kind of, you know, who just struts her stuff on stage. It became more interesting, let's put it this way. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there's nothing more liberating than being a bimbo on stage. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Except for Annie Wilkes. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, So... Every age had something amazing to offer.
3: It unlocked other roles. Exactly. So
0: so growing older, um, I, I, I still feel relevant. And to be honest, now at this point in my life, I think the only thing that matters is the way I feel. So I don't need to do anything for somebody else. Like sometimes I do get people who, let's say, have followed my career, the very few people who followed my career, um, you know, I do get people come up to me and say, oh, my God, you know, like, you really looked awful. <laughs> Annie Wilkes is one of them, you know, and I'm like, thank you, because that was the character I was exploring. I didn't want to look, you know, I wasn't <laughs> going to go on there with stilettos and, and all dressed to the nines, because that was the character I was I was exploring and I was enjoying that. So I think there's less vanity as you grow older Mm -hmm. and there's more about enjoying what you're doing and not having to fit into any one particular role. Don't get me wrong. Of course, I'm vain. Yes, there is a side of me that is vain. But when I'm on stage, let's say when I'm acting, I want to fit into the role that I've been cast in period. Mm. I don't care. There are some plays I do. Mostly I do plays for myself, for my own gratification. I'm not really worried about whether people will enjoy it or not, if I'm honest. I just Mm. want to be authentic in that role. Some people might like it, some people might not like it. It's not relevant to me anymore. I... I, I think in my life, I've enjoyed every single stage of my life. I think I'm here now, I'm going to make the most of it. This is what, you know, these are the parameters that there are and I'm, I'm just going to go for it. So I, I think that the older I grow, I think there's, my life is sort of richer. My artistic side, my cre- creative side becomes more and more rich basically, that's the way I feel. I think I have, you know, with all the knowledge, with all the experience that you get, I think you become a much richer person as this you is age. the
1: dichotomy that we explored in a show, Women and Age. And uh, that as you get older, you become more experienced, and as you've just so beautifully and eloquently expressed, that freedom that you you feel as you get older, and the freedom to not conform and choose for yourself. Now, before we come to Tez, who's the youngest at the table, I'm going to come to mm-hmm. the Madonna of Malta because <laughs> no, don't call I'm just <laughs> kidding, but but for a second, uh. I am going to refer to Madonna because Madonna is in her seventies and she is yeah. still pushing it, and she is still choosing to make herself relevant now she's getting a lot of flack for that yes
2: that's what i was going to say she's being heavily scrutinized for it and i do believe that in my line of work it's a bit it's a bit different absolutely because unfortunately fortunately for some but unfortunately image plays a huge part of being a pop artist um uh, I do believe that uh, someone like Madonna gets scrutinized for it because she's still trying to push the agenda of, you know, when, when she looked a certain way, I have no problem with it, but, um, some people do, you know, and I have received quite a few ageist remarks online, um, which I refuse to, to, I refuse to answer I like, um, Enough, someone said like, ah, look, Nanna Maltia, you know, Nanna Talmusica Maltia. I'm like, yeah, if yeah. I'm a nanna, <laughs> then what the hell <laughs> is ridiculous. like, I, I don't want to mention anyone so that I'm not offensive, <laughs> but what are they, like ancient or something? <laughs> people are older than me. um. So yeah, but I have- they're calling you a nana. But you get that flack because people want, sometimes want you out of the way to make way for others, but... It's it's really silly in reality because everyone is different, like you so totally and,
0: and rightly pointed out. And you know? in a way, kind of the the issue I have with Madonna and her image <clears throat> now is because in a way she is sort of rebelling about the ageist mm-hmm. society, but then she's conforming to it by mm-hmm. completely, mm-hmm. you know, change. Sort of, she's. Kind of trying to act like a person who's, you know, in the early 20s. Uh-huh. When why? Yeah. Because you have so much. I mean, she is one of the artists whom I really admire. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she's her career was amazing because she broke so many boundaries. But now, why why it's like you pandering to their wants, to the uh-huh. wants of these ageist and sexist idiots. Sure. In a way. The the relevance I feel of pop artists like yourself, you appeal to a much much wider audience than people in my um, mm-hmm. sector, right? And I think in a way you should um, defy those those issues by by in a way if you feel you don't want to conform. Mm. Don't conform and say, you know, Mm -hmm. "Ah, this is (laughs) me, and I'm still bloody relevant. And I honestly feel that if you feel something, I mean, take for example, people like Vivian Westwood. Okay, Mm -hmm. she was in fashion, but my god, till the day she died, she was Ah. amazing. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. she didn't bother with plastic surgery and Mm -hmm. try to look, she was herself, she was her own person. And this, these are the, these are the women I yeah. tend to admire. Be your own person. Yes, damn it! You know we've got rinkers. we've got saggy bums, <laughs> <bombs>, saggy <laughs> bo- Who cares? You know this is us. When, when you see men, oh my god, he's a silver fox, isn't
3: he cute? Uh, no, no, it's true. It's like, come on, guys, we have We're artists going to, um, yeah. who are embracing it. You see, yes. I watched a film. Ma, I forgot her name, but.
0: You know, you've she got people like Judi Dench and you've got, okay, they're again in the acting world. But but I really admire people like that because they are fearless mm-hmm. and they are saying, you know what? We're women, we age just like men do, get over it.
1: Ira, <laughs> your industry, you what you do is uh-huh. probably as we mentioned before, more subjective to ageism than mm-hmm. any other industry that I can even think of, mm-hmm. maybe with the exception of modeling. Mm-hmm. But your thoughts on this, as you get older, what are your thoughts about, no, about I mean, moving through the industry?
2: Look, most definitely I agree that the older you get, the more mature you're going to become as an artist. And I think there's it's there's something very special about that because in music and in the arts, I feel that experience and seeing the world with new eyes, with fresh eyes every single time, gives you the opportunity to write new stuff and to be more creative Um, and to give something different to the before. You know, now I'm going to write in a different way, in a different manner. And there's a huge, like, not resurgence, because they've always been there, these women, like Pink is in her 40s as She's well, amazing. you know. um, Elisa, um, uh, the Italian singer, is in her 40s. Laura Pausini is in her 40s. The women everywhere around the world in their 40s, you know, really making good music and are still really relevant. So for me, someone who comes up to me and says, you know, I think you should scoot over and make way for others is ridiculous because there's place for everyone. Everyone's different and... I think it's the goods you bring to the table. It's not how old you are. It's not how you look. Like I said before, okay, in my industry, looks do play a part, I think, because there's a certain aesthetic that marries well with a certain music. But that's slowly being broken down as well. I mean, Madonna is a case of her own because, you know, she's slightly older. She's always sold sex. She's always sold image. Um, But I'm sure that if she came up with an album that was slightly different to everything else she's ever made, you know, people would tap into
1: that. So maybe... You just hit the nail right on the head. The largest selling female artist in the UK for consecutive years is Adele. Mm -hmm. Adele is neither skinny, nor is she in her 20s. Mm -hmm. And yet she is groundbreaking. Yeah. And surely that is positive... Of course. But because her, her
2: music is amazing, her product is amazing, you know? I think if you're if you're a great artist, if you produce great stuff, then people will follow you. I mean, um we've seen also what's her name? The the woman who used to sing Withering Heights, um Kate
0: Bush. Kate Bush. Uh-huh. Yes.
2: Kate Bush landed her first global number 1 at the age of what? 60 something. yeah, Because her song was featured on Stranger
3: Things and Cheryl Crow started late as well. but There exactly. are a couple of art late. I, even saying it, it doesn't sound nice. Because who Who are we to what say late what late is exactly. or when you should start? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's and I nice. think,
0: yes, art is something that doesn't age. No. Art is art. Creativity is creativity. Irrelevant of the age. You could be 100 years old <laughs> and you could still be producing amazing art. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's, we have to stop... Pandering to this ridiculous thing, you know, that's, the, that's this, very, this mold, mm. exactly. That's the word, you know, this, this stupid mold that a woman is, is only relevant if she's young. Mm-hmm. But or, this is such uh-huh. a misogynist <laughs> uh, ideal. <laughs> you know, no, women age just like men do. And what I feel that the more a woman ages, it's like wine to say to say a mm-hmm. cliche, but they become so much richer so much more interesting, both men and women, it mm doesn't, but age makes you a much more interesting person. Just embrace your creativity because that is what is relevant. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna get, you know, ugly and old and wrinkly (laughs) and die. But, but your art and your your relevance we'll as an long. artist will will live forever. Mm-hmm. You know? I have to say
1: this conversation has been um, surprising <laughs> and, and incredibly empowering because we have a woman who's in her fifties, her forties, and her thirties, all making waves in your own industry. And I want to close by asking you to wrap up your your <clears> thoughts <throat> into a closing thought for this show, and I'm going to start with you, Ira, for you, for what you do, if you could speak out, let's put it this way, if you could speak out to your younger self and tell your younger self a wisdom, what would it be? I would definitely tell myself
2: that you're not the center of your universe. I've learned that now. Um, I would tell myself to always believe in myself. I would tell myself the same things that I kind of say all the time. Never forget where you're coming from. Never forget who helped you to get there ever, ever. And uh, to always dream big, you know. I Like you said, art lives forever and creativity lives forever and so do dreams. You can still dream big at any age, even while you have a family, you know. For now, I'm still in like my kind of... You're going to bed. Quicksand <laughs> for now. But um, but no, it will get there. I I, I would... I want to speak to myself now, actually, not my younger self, and tell myself that, you know, this time is a time to be savoured and a time to be lived with as much exuberance and and life as possible, and um, to to kind of know that I've done this before and I will do it again. You're not getting rid of me, guys.
0: And All right. even better, you're going to do it. <laughs> To either your
1: current (laughs) self or to your younger self.
0: (laughs) To my younger self and to my current self and to anybody who's (laughs) listening right now, I would say embrace every moment of your life because it's really precious. And stop worrying about and stop comparing yourself to people. What you have is unique. Nobody in the whole wide world can ever replicate what you are so be aware at least try to be aware of your strengths focus on those and you're going to be amazing just just embrace that and stop worrying about all this rubbish that's all around you just focus on yourself. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Tess Um, you're the youngest of the group uh, you you don't need to speak to your older self but you can speak to (laughs) it. I'd like to pass two remarks before we end. First of all, I feel quite lucky that um, I'm, I'm in an industry where, you know, I have people like, you know, these lovely ladies. <laughs> and even when I watch certain things, certain films, like recently we were talking about this one by Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet, and they're very much embracing age and, and reality. I'm very much in favor of stop filtering stuff and stop, you know, let's just, you know, there are, there are one of JLo's in the world, Mm -hmm. but the reality is that we look like Kate Winslet and Emma Thompson, you know? If we're lucky. If we're lucky, but you know, (laughs) but they were, they are very adamant that no, you don't edit this. No, this is what I look and this is what I look like. And I find that um, hopeful as somebody who is aging, so to speak, towards that. I hope there is more of that and less filtering and less um, unrealistic models to look up to. Um, Rather than my younger self, I would like to speak to the younger performers who are watching this and listening to this. Um, There are going to be moments in your career, wherever you are in your career, I am definitely not where I want to do a lot more, I wish I did a lot more. I am somewhere in the middle right now. But there are going to be moments where you question your abilities and you you doubt if you're any good and you question, if okay, why didn't I get that? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And I want you, when I look directly into the camera, I want you to know that you're enough. And as these lovely ladies said, you are relevant and you are unique and you are important and I know in the midst of the negativity around things at certain points, you can forget that you are important and that you are unique and you are enough, but really, really believe that you are because somewhere somewhere you fit in. And I thankfully fit in, in, in the art scene, whereas when I was younger, I really felt like I didn't. There's a moment on stage, you will understand what I mean, where you say, ah, oh, where you feel the lights on your skin and you feel you're in the right place mm. and there's nowhere else you'd rather be and you have to hold on to that feeling and you have to believe that you're going to feel that feeling again
1: and to that I'm gonna say cheers cheers absolutely amazing <laughs> and thank you